0: What's up, pickleheads? Today we're going to talk about the three keys to dink like a pro. Stick around to the end. We're definitely going to have some bonus tips for you. (laughs) Number one for dinking like a pro, step number one, not overdoing your backswing. I've seen so many people, and I started doing this from the beginning as well. If you come from tennis or if you come from another sport, sometimes you're, um, I don't know what it is. It's just muscle memory. I want to come, I want to cock way back before I come forward. And when we're dinking, we shouldn't be doing that. So uh, my first tip, and I'm sure Austin has a million, is not to overdo the backswing by pretending like there's a barrier behind you. So I always try to pretend like, and you can even stand against a wall and practice this. Stand close to a wall and practice your dinks. If you notice yourself hitting the wall, that's where that's where your backswing should stop, um, or just before you hit the wall, because when we're when we're using a big backswing, it's actually popping that ball up, putting too much speed on that ball, and usually causing a pop up. Uh, I posted a video a little while back about um, not having too big of a backswing, not specifically related to the dink, but I've done that, practicing that, bringing it back uh, against a fence before I make my swing, against a fence before I make my swing, and that's helped me shorten the backswing and stop me from popping up balls. But what do you think about the backswing, Oz? How big should it be and, and why?
1: Yeah, it really can come from just having a bad habit and it can come from other racket sports. But actually in tennis, the main thing that I taught people when I was teaching the forehand ground stroke or when I was teaching how to volley is to not go behind your shoulder. And so essentially what that means is my paddle is not going to go behind or out of my vision. Because if I can face forward and I can still see my paddle that's as far back as it should go so for me it's right here where it's just it's not behind my shoulder it's just in front of my shoulder and then another key that I like to use is if I'm hitting with an open stance meaning my legs are spread apart and they're in alignment with the non-volley zone line I'm going to be reaching just outside my dominant knee on a forehand dink and if I'm hitting with an open stance on my backhand side, I'm going to be reaching just outside my non-dominant knee. A lot of the time, people will cross that foot over. You'll see this with players like Ben Johns, where he'll cross his foot over on when he's hitting a backhand ink, but then he'll hit an open stance forehand ink. But when he crosses that mm-hmm. foot over, he's still just reaching just behind his non-dominant knee, but also just on the other side of his dominant knee. So hopefully that's not confusing, but essentially all you need to remember is it should never go out of your peripheral vision when you're facing towards your opponents. That'll help you to keep it nice and concise. And the reason that you want to do that is because you don't want to be adding any extra movements because if you're adding extra movements onto your dink, they're first of all not necessary. Second of all, it's going to cause you to Shank the ball more, become a shankopotamus, which I just made a post about not too long ago, (laughs) where you'll be shanking the ball because you're adding on extra movement. And so you're not going to be as accurate in hitting the ball each time. Anything, definitely any other drills that you do, Spencer, other than that against the fence to be able to drill that, because some people don't realize how far back they go. And I think that that fence drill, like Spencer was saying, is really, really perfect because I remember, I mean, just from teaching people, we would put a, a paddle behind their back and their backswing literally comes all the way behind their back and they're hitting my paddle and that can happen time and time again. So it's like having that fence there will, will deter that from happening. But where are you standing in proportion to the fence and do you have any other drills?
0: Yeah, I'm usually facing forward, like if I was standing at the kitchen line, if you're watching this on, on YouTube, you could see it a little bit clearer, but if I'm standing at the kitchen line with an open stance, like you said, that's usually what I'm doing against defense okay. if I'm practicing that. But I do want to rewind for a second and go back to that point that you just made, being able to have control, and this works not just with Dinks, but everywhere else on the pickleball court. Like running through the ball. If you're not split-stepping and stopping before you hit the ball, you're starting to lose control. It's the same concept. If you're sprinting towards the ball to make contact, you're probably not going to have as much control as you'd like. Same thing with a big backswing. You're not going to have as much control. Um, So you brought up a really good point with that. And yeah, um, there are other dink drills that I do, but as far as helping with my backswing... I mean, really, the fence one is the only one that, that I've done personally. I'm sure there's other ideas out there. But for a lot of people, it's it's just helping them realize. Don't give unsolicited advice to people, but if people are trying to improve their dink and you notice that their backswing is huge, you can show them like you did. Just stand behind them and show them how far back
1: their paddle is going. And make sure and you get out of the really
0: way. change your dinks. Yeah, make sure you get out of the way
1: because they'll hit you literally they don't realize that's the main thing is people don't realize and a funny story is I string tennis rackets on the side a lot and people will bring their tennis rackets by and this guy came from Kanab, which has like a population of 4000 people in Kanab, Utah. Not a lot of people, but he's like we have quite a few people that play tennis and and a couple people that play pickleball. He's like I've really been enjoying your page and it's been really helping me. Uh. But I, I was playing with someone yesterday and I was trying to t- teach them about this principle that you taught. And she said, don't coach me. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty understandable. <laughs> like, I, I don't think people want to be coached by just some random Joe, you know? Yeah. If they want to be coached, they'll like look up stuff to be coached by or they'll seek it out type of thing. So that's a good point too. Don't just coach people on it because, you know, a lot of people don't recognize that their backswing is that big. And also, you don't recognize that your backswing is that big. Like me right now, my backswing is probably too big and I need to focus on shortening it. So, this podcast is for me as well. (laughs) Another quick side story had a tournament this weekend, and one of my main 10 mental tips, and we've gone over this in a podcast, but preparing mentally for a tournament is if you're prepared, you shall not fear. So, going into the tournament, making sure that you're prepared. I was not prepared for this tournament at all. I have not played much pickleball. I definitely haven't drilled. I drilled once in the last month. So it's just like very inconsistent. I've just been focusing on popping out content. So I went into it confident in everything except for my backhand dink. Whenever I don't practice, that's the first thing to go. For, mm. for whatever reason, the muscle memory there just leaves. So mm-hmm. I got into the tournament and I'm not confident in my backhand dink. And I definitely contribute that as a major factor to why we lost in the finals. Because I'm like straight up just missing simple backhand dinks in the, in the final match. And you just can't afford that at the level. And so it's kind of interesting. Like I, at my level, still struggle with these things. And it really just comes down to preparing getting in your reps with all this so we have obviously two more points to go over but make sure that you're not just listening not being a hearer only but that you're actually doing what we're telling you to do and getting out there and and drilling it because if you don't drill this then it's not going to stick and if you drill it for a week and then you don't drill it for the next week it's not going to stick right
0: unless you're a superman or something
1: or your ben uh, Johns, it, it, definitely, your
0: it definitely helps to think about it, you know, to run through it in your head. It helps to watch footage for sure. But if you're not out there doing it consistently, then you're not going to be able to play consistently either. Uh, so, yeah, really good point there. So that was point one. Again, make sure that your backswing is not too big and uh, you can use a fence to do that or video yourself and actually see if if it is too big. Uh, Number two, it would be making contact with the sweet spot of your paddle. My number one, what's helped me the most personally in order to make good contact with the ball has been watching the ball hit the paddle. I think a lot of people hear that and they think, well, I don't have time to watch the ball hit the paddle every time. Like that's just too much work for me, so I'm going to skip that step and it's a really important step. And if you do it over and over again, it will start to become muscle memory for you. If you notice when you're dinking or hitting shots in general that you're not hitting the sweet spot of the paddle um, or you're miss the ball a lot, uh, maybe that's because you're not, you've either stopped or you never have really watched the ball completely hit the paddle. So step number one would be make sure your backswing is not too big. Step number two now is in the middle. Make sure it hits the sweet spot of the paddle. So you're not shanking balls. Like I said, shank a (laughs) bottom. You're not, uh, you know, it can cause a mishit into the net. It can cause you to pop the ball up too high. Um, so I like to watch the ball hit the paddle. What's another tip maybe Oss, or what could you add on to watching the ball hit the paddle?
1: Yeah, so hitting the sweet spot, it all comes down to knowing where your paddle is at in space. And so the way that we know where our paddle is at in space is by hitting, 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 getting our reps in with the paddle. Also, there's this thing called a tennis pointer, and there's also pickleball pointers. I have a personally made pickleball pointer from a tennis pointer. So what that is, is it is essentially a pickleball paddle made out of wood. But the face of the paddle's just slightly bigger than the ball. And the only problem with it is it breaks the ball if you're doing anything but dinking. (laughs) Yeah, anything but dinking or dropping, it's going to break the ball. So I don't like it for that reason. And any pointer that I've tried out there, there's one from Vulcan, does the same thing. It breaks the ball. It's not made out of the right material. Like it's made out of wood. I don't
0: think that it is either. Have you tried the Franklin one?
1: No, that one looks nice. It looks like an actual paddle.
0: Yeah, I kind of want to try that one just to see. But yeah, I've tried that Vulcan one too, and sorry Vulcan, it's
1: trash. It just <laughs> well, that being said, them. I've had Franklin paddles in the past. I've used I used the Ben Johns Franklin paddle multiple oh. times and lasts two weeks, and then it snaps at the handle. Like the most <laughs> trash paddle ever. So I wouldn't imagine the pointers yeah. any better. Yeah. I've gone through yeah. so many of those and it's like they're 99 bucks, but it's like when you're literally having to buy one every two weeks. It's like, what the heck? So I'm glad they finally yeah, it's came just out with. Not worth it. Yeah. Nicer paddles, carbon and fiber Franklin's, paddles and stuff.
0: Franklin's Pointer, I think, is 50 bucks right now. I haven't seen it for cheaper, but it is kind of a good feeling. I mean, mainly I like to use it to practice my dinks anyway. If yeah. you're just practicing dinks, like you said, it's it's pretty spot on. And then when you get your paddle back in your hand, it's so much easier to hit the center
1: of the paddle. So much easier. Yeah. But it really comes down to knowing where your paddle's at in space. The only way that you can know that is by hitting and getting your reps in. And I've said it before, but once you hit enough to where you feel like, I got this, it feels good. You then need to literally hit a thousand right then and there. You need to hit a thousand more. And then it's really, really going to feel good. And maybe that's going to take an hour. Maybe it's going to take two hours. But you really have to dedicate the time as soon as it feels good to just keep on going. And then you'll be able to hit the sweet spot consistently. And I really wish I would have had, I wish I would have prioritized doing that before the tournament because it really hurt us just with that muscle memory, not quite being there with the backhand ink. Like it was consistent, but it wasn't consistent enough or as it was in the tournament previous a month ago. So that's what I would suggest is knowing where your paddle is at in space for tip number two. Anything to add?
0: No, I mean, that's happened to me too. And you can attest to this. If you stop playing for a while, more specifically, if you stop drilling consistently for a while, or if you stop drilling just one specific thing, like uh, I'm going to skip drops in this. I'm going to skip drops this week. I got to focus on this other stuff. It's like, I don't know, starting. It it kind of feels like you're starting over when Mm -hmm. you get back to it. Or if you've stopped playing completely for a month, it really feels like you're starting over with all these things. It feels weird. Um, Yeah, so like you said, you finally get to a point where it feels good and you feel like you have it conquered. That's actually the beginning of having it conquered. Because if you stop right there, like you said, and then wait for a few weeks to pass by and then go back to that, Good luck, because you got to start over again to try to find where it feels good. Exactly. Before you can hit, you know, hundreds more balls.
1: The funniest thing yeah, is,
0: that's a good point.
1: The reason that I wasn't prepared for the tournament is because I have been putting my app out and making sure that I have all the content in there and getting all of that right. And my app is about drilling, but I wasn't. I'm, I haven't been drilling myself. Like I haven't been applying what I've been pushing out in the app just cause I've been so yeah. busy with the app. So it's kind of a funny thing. Like it's a drilling app to help you guys improve. And I wasn't using it <laughs> how I should have, yeah. but, but at it's the just, same time, I didn't prioritize it.
0: There's, there's so many hours in the day though. There's, there's just not, there's not unlimited time. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, make, uh, Make pickleball a priority, I guess, is what we're trying to say. Forget your families, forget your job, (laughs) just make pickleball. (laughs) Uh, And I don't think it takes that much time either, but I would say the most important thing is consistency. Mm -hmm. Consistently trying to do it between all of the other things you do. We know that a lot of them are more important, um, but stay consistent, and then your pickleball game will be happy, and you'll be happy with your pickleball game. So, step number one, not too big of a backswing. Then we drop to that's our first step. Then we go to the middle. Let's make sure that we're hitting the sweet spot of the paddle. We can use a tennis pointer or uh, we can just hit them over and over and watch the ball hit the paddle. Like Dave Weinbach, senior pro, his seems super exaggerated, good but example. he's extremely good and extremely consistent. His consistency is due to his – I mean, I could do a slow motion of his, but he straight up looks at his paddle for what seems like forever while the ball is hitting it and then brings his head back every time he watches it hit now you don't have to do it you know be that exaggerated with it but watch it hit the paddle and you'll see that you'll be more consistent number three now this is the farther step this comes at the end follow through make sure that your follow-through isn't too big, okay? We fixed the backswing. We've shortened it up. Now we're hitting the sweet spot. But now our follow-through, okay, we're going way too far, like we're hitting a drive. And if we're doing that, now we're going to pop it up anyway or it's going to be a mishit and it's not going to be, like Austin said, very consistent. You don't have that consistency because of all the extra movement that you don't need. There's no reason to follow through way up here on a dink. Or if you're doing a backhand dink, same thing. There's no reason to follow through way up here. Um, we can shorten up that follow through by pretending that there is a barrier. I like to pretend like there's a barrier just like I did behind me, on top of me. You know, maybe a ceiling or something in front of you to where when you
1: stop, you don't want to hit that barrier. You don't want to go so far. Spencer actually uses his face as the barrier to make sure he doesn't go too far, too far. <laughs>
0: Accidentally, but yes. Uh, check out no, our that's, Instagram page. That's dedication. You'll see me hit myself in the face with the paddle. I only have a little I only have a little scab now here, but that thing freaking hurt and uh, it was bleeding pretty good. So, I was definitely Following through way too far, so yeah, that's another reason you don't want to follow too, through too far is because you don't want you don't want an injury. <laughs> so pretend that there's a barrier there in front of you too. Um,
1: Pickleball is now dangerous. So
0: when I uh, this is a couple of years ago now, when I took a lesson with AJ Kohler, who's a really good pro, he specifically said, I you know, he shortened up my swing a ton. He made everything dumber than what I was doing. Everything I was doing was way too big, and he tried to compact it and make it smaller. And uh, there were a couple times where i like, are you sure? I mean, this feels really, my forehand dink was going from, my distance was here to here. Backswing to follow through was like here to here. I'm like, are you sure? You know, this just feels dumb, you know? And he said, yeah. Oh, I, sa- I said, this just makes me feel kind of stupid. And he said, yeah, pickleball is a stupid sport. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, you need to just dumb everything down. And that's helped me improve my consistency a lot by dumbing it down. (laughs) But is there anything you do for follow through us to kind of help people understand or pretend like there's a barrier
1: there or anything you can add? What I do is, and this is for, I would say, anyone that is beginner to intermediate pushing pushing advanced almost is if you have that kind of beginner dink right where you're just focusing on consistency is making sure that your paddle face is upwards and towards upwards and towards <laughs> where you want to go while i had some twang in it so you want to make sure that it's facing where you want to go after you've made contact and then you need to make sure that you're holding your finish. Especially when you're practicing, you're holding your finish, paddle is upward, and it's facing where you want to go. And you're holding your finish for, in practice, what I suggest is one second. When you're on, out in the field, getting her done in a tournament, a half a second, right? Or a millisecond. But there is a delay there, and you'll see it with the pros too, when they're hitting their, uh, when they're hitting their dinks. There's a delay there. And the reason that you want to do that is because it's going to help you to be able to see the over exaggerated. The reason that you want to over exaggerate it in practice is mm-hmm. because it's going to help you to see where that paddle face is facing. And I think a lot of you will find that your paddle face is facing in a different direction than where you just tried to hit the ball. And so it's going to be very inconsistent because you're adding on things that you don't need to add on. And you need to keep pickleball dumb, keep it dumbed down, keep it simple. And focus on just keeping your paddle face where it needs to go. And then you'll have really, really great success with that. So that's starting out and as an intermediate player, focusing on keeping your paddle face there. You'll see videos of me and Spencer dinking. We don't do that. So it's it's kind of like you guys are probably like, well, if you don't do it, why would I? But <laughs> this comes down to a level thing. As soon as you get to a certain level, you no longer have to think about having your paddle face facing where you want to go because you're going to be doing different spin on the ball. You're going to be doing either underspin or topspin or maybe you're just coming flat through the ball, right? And so with that, we're trying to disguise what we're doing and where we're going. And that comes at a later level because we have already learned the basics of the dink. So now when I'm hitting a backhand dink, it looks like I'm going up the line, but I'm finishing with my paddle face facing cross court. And maybe I just hit it up the line. But it's still finishing with it facing cross court. So it looks very confusing to whoever I'm playing against so that they don't know where I'm going. That would be my best bit of advice for people, even if you're pushing advanced, is really, really just get that down. Hold that paddle face there for at least a second in practice and then middle second when you're playing in an actual tournament or, or a rec game.
0: Excellent point. So if you guys get on YouTube or on Prime Video, uh, I guess it's on Pickleball TV now, but I've only seen that you can watch that live, which I'm super annoyed by because nobody has time to watch it live all day long. These tournaments are so long. (laughs) So anyway, but get on there and watch some replays and watch pros dink, and you'll notice they have a shortened backswing. You'll notice that they're consistently hitting the center of the paddle, and you'll notice that their follow-through isn't isn't super big. Um and their dinks are super consistent. So you want to be consistent like a pro, follow those three steps, and uh you'll be well on your way. I got one question for you before we <laughs> before we end this one. Everyone's gonna want to hear this. I don't know if you're gonna admit to it or not. So the other night, I had never heard this before. <laughs> okay. The other night. I I was living in Mexico at the time. You guys went. My family, so you and mom and dad, everybody else went to the U.S. Open in New York. Okay, this is tennis related. You brought up tennis. I'm just thinking about it because mom told me the other night. She said she doesn't really like you nor, New York. Sorry for New Yorkers. She said it was gross. She just wasn't <laughs> wasn't a fan. It is gross. I know there's parts of Vegas that are gross too. So so is Vegas. I live here. nothing nothing against anyone that's listening from new york but but she said you were younger at the time so you would have been since we're 10 years apart i mean you would have been approximately 10 years old maybe slightly younger (laughs) is this true she she said it's true that some weird guy grabbed your crotch from the front yeah Did you get your crotch grabbed?
1: So what happened was we were just walking down these nasty, (laughs) grimy streets, dude. It's like you're in downtown Las Vegas, but with a thousand more people in like a square foot of land, right? Yeah. It's worse than Vegas downtown. (laughs) And yeah, I'm just walking down the road. I'm holding Lindsay's hand, who's our sister, one of our sisters. And uh, all of a sudden I feel like this hand, credit card swipe me but it didn't just credit card swipe my butt you know like it grabbed under you know what i'm saying i was like holy <laughs> crap and it's funny cuz the whole trip we were all like we were all messing around with each other the whole time so i just assumed aaron or lindsay or taylor had just credit card swipe me you know like a little <laughs> a little swipe <laughs> and i look behind me no one's there just Well, there's people there. There's tons of people there, but no one's directly behind me. I can't see anybody. And I look back in front of me and this guy is just passing me really, really quick. And then he heads off into like a subway station. And I was like, did you just credit card me to Lindsay? Because I'm holding her hand. And she's like, no. And I was like, who did it? And and she's like, no one credit carded you. And I was like, I've been violated. I remember when I said (laughs) that. Yeah, so that's a true story. Therapy. Don't don't go to New York. It's <laughs> it's nasty. But the US Open was pretty fun.
0: But other than uh no, that, it's not. Go. It's tennis. So if you play <laughs> tennis, there's a chance you'll get you'll get raped, so don't play tennis.
1: Tennis is a weird sport, man. It's weird like like I said last week, Clay and and my wife. So my brother Clay, our other brother and my wife are in a tennis league together. It's the weirdest thing because you have people who will go up and they'll quick serve. Really as quick as they can, they'll quick serve and they do it just to get in your head and so that you're not ready to return the ball. And the reason that they get away with it is because you don't call the score in tennis. It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. I like had totally forgotten about it, but they don't, they don't say, Hey, 15 love 15-30. Fifteen thirty. They just right. everybody just assumes that they know what the score is until there's five arguments throughout the entire match of what's the score? What's the score? Nobody knows. Yeah. So everybody yeah. just they can just go up and serve without saying the score. So it's kind of funny. You get people that come in from tennis, and this reminds me, like people come in and then they'll just serve. It's just like, no, nah, that's not how it works here. <laughs> you you got to call the <laughs> score. You can't just quick serve, right? But it's just. Yeah. That's it. That's what sucks about tennis is it's just straight up mind games. It's 90% just mind games people messing about. Anyways, this isn't a tennis podcast, but it is a podcast where we talk crap on tennis and we can. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll take the opportunity. No, I kind of forgot
0: about that. I kind of forgot about that with tennis. Like, you know, a lot of people say, well, pickleball is so complicated and you make the score so complicated yeah, but at least the score is called every point. Yeah, it's at least Like you just said with tennis, you're waiting until the end uh of a set. Yeah. Or or sorry, the end of a I don't know, the end of a game and maybe the end of a set too. It's just funny I haven't played in so long that you you forget about that and that's probably more complicated cuz you really have to remember. Yeah, you do. And they have we have numbers. Pickleball has numbers. Tennis has love and game as scores. induce so. deuce,
1: add in. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of yeah. crazy. But it's that being said, we played tennis the other night to get him warmed up. Played with a good family friend, Logan Blazard, and that was extremely fun. It's fun to just bang balls from the baseline. It's not really something that you get in pickleball. But nothing beats when you're up there just in a dink dink rally. And you're just hitting your spots yeah. back and back and forth and back and forth. <laughs> Nothing beats that. Nothing beats the sound of the dink happening. But that's a that's a close second, I will say, is when you're just banging balls from the baseline.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's fun. Um last last point here. Uh, appreciate everyone. Uh the last uh one of our most recent podcasts has almost six thousand views on YouTube. Uh, which is most ever on YouTube. So thank you for everyone that's watching on YouTube. We feel like you can get a lot more out of it if you are watching on YouTube. We also appreciate those that continue to listen on Apple and Spotify um, and watch on Spotify because we always have that there on video uh, on video as well. But appreciate you guys. We hope this really helps your game. Uh, incorporate these three steps and uh, you'll start dinking like a pro and we will see you guys next week. Peace.